Christ has set us free. Lord, help us this morning. Help us this morning to really understand and recognize that I was a wretched, bound, bound sinner. But he set us free. Amen. It's glorifying. Amen. It was a great thing. It was a great thing. We can just start with the chorus. It was a great thing that he did for me. Oh, it was a great thing. Oh,
been my doctor? Who's who's Jesus been his who's been his has he been your doctor? How's that? Yes, sir. Has he been your lawyer? Yes, he has. I know situations you've been a lawyer. He's come in and directly fine-tuned the fine print, revealed the real specifics. Said that's what you need to do. That's a lawyer. He can go right into the details, Sister Charity. He can find the real parameters and say, no, look at that. He's a lawyer. Amen. He knows that he knows the in-depth aspects of our life. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I want to sing, I want to sing We Press On just as we come to prayer. I was thinking about this song over these last days. I was chatting with Brother Tim about it. I actually was talking about with my wife about the, the verses. And if you just, I'm just going to read the verse because when you sing it, I want you to sing it with serious re- resolve. Not just resolve. You can say, well, sing it as a prayer. Sing it as an earnest prayer. I was reading the last verse. I was pondering it through the through these last weeks. And the last verse says, or one of the verses, when the choices are hard, when we're battered and scarred, and when we've spent our resources and when we've given our all. You know, we can sing that. But when we're really in the trench of it, when you've actually given your all, there's nothing left to give. Absolutely zero left to give. The song says, we press on. Scripture says, when you've done all to do to stand, stand therefore. Amen. I said, Lord, help us this morning. When we maybe we feel we're battered, we're scarred. We've got choices to make. We've got all our resources are gone. Maybe we feel we're up against the the the, the ropes, as the, as they say in the boxing match, and you and you're just you're you're getting hammered, and the devil's hammering you. I said, Lord, the bride just can never go down. He might give you a wallop, and you hit your knees, and we get back up again. Say, I'm pressing on. Sing it like this this morning, Lord. I, that's my prayer. That's my desire. As we just enter into worship, and we sing, Lord. In Jesus' name, not of, not of my strength, not of whatever I can do or my family around me, but it's in you that I press on for. Amen. Let's just sing that. Let's start with the first verse, but David. When the valley is deep, oh, when the mountain is deep, oh, when the body is Oh uh-huh. 
Heavenly Father, give us that strength this morning, Lord, to press on, oh God. Let's just sing a little song. I love him, Brother Ryan, as we come to prayer. Let's sing it sweetly to him. God you are Lord we're just so you just continue to amaze us more and more Lord each and every day Father we just come this morning we're so glad that once again you've brought us all together Lord we're just in great anticipation Father for your mighty hand and the move of your Holy Spirit amongst each and every believer Father We just can't thank you enough, Lord. We just continue to ask that you would just bless the worship, bless the songs, bless each and every one, Lord, and just have your way, Lord. Have your way this morning, Father. Just give Brother Tom complete liberty, and as he's consecrated and laid before you, Father, just as always, Lord, let him get himself out of the way, Father, so that it would be clearly you amongst your people this morning. Once again, we love you. We love you with all that we have from the bottom of our hearts. And we're just so grateful, Father, for all that you do. Just looking for your word now to just come and have your way with each and every one of them. We just pray in Jesus Christ's name. This morning, everybody back at Cloverdale as well, and those that are connected on the internet, God bless you. Welcome to service this morning. Pray the Lord just, like I said on Wednesday, I ain't coming to church just to come to church. Amen.
come to church so the Lord would move amongst us and bring us closer to him, just a little step by step. Amen? Brother Todd, you have a special this morning. Why don't you come and get ready for that? And we'll just, maybe just sing Spirit of God move. We'll just sing the little chorus. Just been thinking about that. Spirit of God move. Would you do that this morning? Amen? Oh, Spirit of God move. Write your word in my heart. Oh, fill my whole being. Oh, consume my life. Oh, Spirit of God, move. An empty vessel I want to be. So that you can come. Your word in my heart, oh, just feel my whole being consumed by life. Spirit of God, move an empty vessel. I Okay, there we go. Uh, just because it gets a little choked, makes me choked up, and I don't want to cry my way through a song. I've never done that before, and I just, I'm here to ask you to uh, for a prayer request for my mother-in-law. She uh, lost her husband. But two years ago, and uh, she moved in with us, and she's been with us now for a year, and... Uh, you know, we're getting into a life together, and uh, all of a sudden, boom, we find out she has stage four lung cancer. Never smoked a day in her life. And uh, as they say, there's no stage five. So if, unless the Lord heals her, she's going to die right there in our house. She's 87 years old. I get it. There's not a lot of time left given her age. But I'm praying for a full healing. She's got a bad heart. I want a full healing, not so that she can go out and start a new career or anything. Just give her a few more years of pleasantry in our house. And the main reason I'd like this is because there's a number of non-believers in my family, my extended family. I mean, atheists as well. If the Lord heals her of this syrupy, grotesque, satanic cancer in her heart problem... Imagine what that would do to these non-believers or these skeptics in my family. So I'm praying for a full-on healing, and I'm asking you to do the same. Her name is Clara. Beautiful, sweet woman.
Someday our last goodbye here on this earth It'll be over in the journey of life It will be through But before we say goodbye And the chains of life are broken Will you make to me this promise and make it true? I firmly promise you that I will meet you by the river along the bank of the evergreen shore. It's where our hearts they will never break. It's where our lips never gonna quiver for the loved ones who have gone before. One by one, we see them crossing the deep, the mighty river. They are leaving us every moment or two. So I firmly promise you that I will meet you by that river. Will you make to me the same promise too? I firmly promise you that I'm going to meet you by the river along the bank of the evergreen shore. It is where hearts never break. It is where lips never quiver for loved ones who are gone.
Amen. Let's make that our resolve. But Ryan, are you going to sing that song? That requested song, sure. All right. But Ryan's going to lead us. Brother Thomas, fourth man in the fire, including the bridge. All right. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Brother Todd. Remember, Ryan, go ahead. We'll sing with you. Leave with the words. I mean, I, I don't have a choir, so you guys are going to have to help me out. But this is not just a solo song. Amen. But the testimony behind it is just as rich as it's ever been. Amen. I know that you've each experienced this. And I gave Brother Tom a little bit of a hard time at camp. He said, well, follow wherever you lead. And I went into the bridge and he ended it. I said, okay, well. So Brother Michael said, we're going to do the bridge this time. <laughs> Jesus fights for me in my hour of need. I love those words. Amen. So let's sing this all together before Brother Tom comes. The moment now is come. There's nothing to be done. My accusers stand before me.
Good morning. Amen. We got it right, Brother Ryan. We finally got it right. Well, God bless you. It's nice to see you this morning. Brother Todd, thank you for this special. It was special. Indeed, it was special. We have a couple of announcements. I'd like to bring greetings from Brother Biscoe, Sister Biscoe this morning. And the church from Cloverdale, Brother Tim and Brother Ed are there holding the fort while we're here. So we're just one big happy family. In the fire. But I want to say I've got the fourth man. I don't look at circumstance. I've never looked at circumstance since I walked with God. I've looked at the word of God. I don't go my, by my feelings or how I feel. I go by what the word of God has proclaimed. I'm a son of the living God. Amen. And this word produces sons and daughters of God. What did it do in the first church age? It took men and women when Titus started to squeeze the church. What did it do? It sent them throughout the world to proclaim this gospel. Amen. And they were they on their own? They were on their own. But they fought the good fight of faith. And I'm a part of that church, Brother Neil. Nice to see you and Sister Sue. God bless you. Well, I want to greet also. I mean, there's a, a new couple that I haven't seen for ever until yesterday. Karim and Shannon Sherpoff. Why don't you stand? This is a newlywed. This is, they got married when we were at camp here. Amen. <laughs> God bless you. Nice to have you here. My, my, my. Jake, it's a whole new life, let me tell you. It, things change real big time. And we're just happy to see these young ones get married and, and let the word of God be proclaimed within their lives. Also, as I was away and have been away since camp. Jeremy and Sister Ellison have brought their family back to the Pacific Northwest. And Matt, Ryan, Phoebe, and Gracie, you're here. And we're so happy to have you here. Why don't we welcome them back? This is official now. (laughs) Evergreen trees instead of cactus. I like it already. (laughs) We love to have you and love to seeing you. And it's wonderful to have you here back, Jeremy. 
Amen. Brother Murphy, Brother Ken, Brother Michael, David, Jean, Gab, Gab, Victor, Manuel made their way here. Jumped on a plane to come to be with the body of Christ that's here. As you know, over the over the last year, we've done everything we can to keep the body together. And that is our focus and always has been our focus. And will continue to be our focus. And so pray for me next week. Brother Wayne Lawson was our speaker here at camp. Well, I'm back with Brother Ray Erickson and Brother Wayne Lawson next weekend. And uh, I'll need your prayers. I told Brother Wayne, I said, "What? why am I coming there? He says, because we like your preaching. I said, I like yours more. <laughs> so we've enjoyed Brother Wayne. And they had, uh, I got a text from Brother Tim Pruitt. This morning they had their special meetings. Had a wonderful time. COVID came through the church. And so the church is shut down this morning. But Lord willing, Brother Tim said he'll be ministering next week. That's a real trooper. That's a trooper. I've got, um, we've got some needs I will hold before the Lord before we go to the word. I don't know if some of you have remembered Brother Vindiel. He used to come our way in the 80s and 90s up into the 2000s. And then he did uh, started doing work in uh, South America and so forth. His wife passed away this week. And two of his sons are in. One's in ICU and one's in the, another one's in the hospital. Brother Dixon Kandoji, I don't know if you remember Brother Dixon from Malawi. He went on to be with the Lord this morning also. So truly, there is a great crowd of witnesses on that side. I say, pull me, Lord. Pull us into that rapture change. Because there is a promise that we shall be caught up together with them in the air. And the hour is now. And it's not looking for, oh, we're here for next week or we're here for next month and we're planning for a future. Young men, we are looking for the body change of the rapture of the sons and daughters of the living God. That's what this message came for. Not to start a church, but to move us into a rapture. And so we don't want to get denominational minded and just sit down in our nice little seats and hear some specials, clap our hands. It's time, Brother Terry, to take the word of God, proclaim this gospel. This is the hour of the change. Amen. But we get sometimes and I'll be I'll be preaching on it. I'm still on Gideon and I'm still on uh, taking our harvest and killing those devils that are trying to take your increase i'm still on it saints the devil's still fighting but he has not read the end of the book i like what brother brown said in greatest battle ever fought he said now when Patton and and rommel were in the desert and they were having their maneuvers and so forth and and it was down to the final fight i love the expression that Patton, General Patton said, he opened the lid of his tank and he shouted at the German army and at Rommel. He says, you're dead because I've read your book and I know your next move. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Stay with me already. We know the devil's next move and we know he's defeated and we know we're victorious so there shouldn't be anybody that's low and depressed and saints of God were ready for a change I know Nathan we've got a whole future ahead of you it's called future home and by the grace of God you might be on my street 
and we'll have fellowship forever. Amen. So we greet you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Since we haven't been together, of course, we've been having, as you've known and seen over the services, prayer meetings with these precious brethren. And we baptized uh, a Christian man. He's now a Christian man, Brother Clinton. And last week we baptized Brother Gino. And somebody said that that even in in the local church, he said, we haven't been to church for a long time. And who's who's that? Who are these people? I said, well, you should come to church more often. And uh, God is adding to the church, adding to the body. Just remember one thing. Brother Lonnie Jenkins said this so many years ago. If your cells aren't replenishing, it's a dead body. And if the God is adding to the church, that is why we are adamant that the church stays strong by the word of God. And God adds to his body. He said it's not a deformed body. It is a perfect body. And I want to thank the musicians that always are faithful at their post of duty. It's nice to have Gabe was sitting at the drums last night. And I said to him, and one of the brothers said, well, I think you were tired last night or something. And, and whenever he hit the snare and we were praying, my eyeballs slipped open. And I thought, my goodness, that snare is loud. But I didn't know whether that was to keep him awake. Or keep me posted. I don't know. But we're happy. He said it's been six years, right? Six years. Look what God's done. Amen. Glory. God's doing great things. Thanks to God. And I'm so thankful I'm a part of that. Amen. And to see these young men come back to the Lord. We've had about eight and nine baptisms. We've had uh, just a tremendous time. Matthew was baptized when at camp and Thane was baptized at camp. They're still here. I say, praise God. Amen. Amen. Israel, it's nice to see you. Man, that beard. You're just hiding. Hide my eyes. Who's that big man back there? And it's Israel. God bless you. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Well, let's stand. Let's stand, please. And ask the Lord to have his way this morning. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we bow our heads to give you praise and thanksgiving for what you're doing amongst us. To God be the glory, great things he has done. And so, Father God, we rejoice in what we heard last night in the word through our precious brother Murphy. Lord, and we can see so often the overlapping of service after service. Not that we compare notes, Lord, but the mind of God is so strong and so real and so powerful. It should give us comfort to know how you deal with one brother, you deal with another. We just pray, Lord, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would be here this morning. That the saints of God could rejoice in the goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God that is new every day. Pray for our pastor. I pray strength for him and Sister Ruth. I pray, Father God, as we get ready for this rapture change, that all of us, Lord, will be under grand anticipation for the glorious change in the body, praying that the word will translate us into the very presence of the great I am. And so, Lord, as we look at your word this morning, I pray that you will speak to us, revelate us, 
Lord, anoint us, both speaker and hearer. Bless the saints in Cloverdale, anyone that is in need in their body. I pray, Father God, that you are the great healer. You're the wonder worker. And we pray that you will do exceedingly abundantly more than we would even ask or think. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Nice to see you all. Let's turn in our Bibles. We have a number of places to turn. And um, the monitors are strong here. And being that they're a little bit strong, I can't hear you at all. And so you you know me. I'm sort of that um, sickum type of preacher. I need you to, uh, you know, give me some feedback on this. So let's turn to Revelations chapter 1. Revelations chapter 1. Verse 7. Revelation chapter 1. We know that the book of Revelation is the bride's book. It's our book. A lot of people look at that Bible, uh, that book of that Bible, and they just don't read it. They don't read it because they don't understand it. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel... When he shall begin to sound. All the mystery of God shall be finished. Do not be afraid of the book of Revelation. This is our book. Amen. Revelation chapter 1 verse 7. Behold he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so. Amen. Verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Amen. Amen. I want you to read that again with me. I am Alpha. Well, who are we talking about? Jesus. This is Jesus. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord. Which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Amen. Let's turn now to Revelation 22. I read this last week, but we'll read it one more time. Revelation 22, verse 16. Revelation 22, verse 16. Now notice now, he's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, and the end. That which was, which is, and shall be. This is great. I am the Lord Jesus. And verse 16 says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. So who was the one that was standing in the middle of the seven candlesticks? It was the Lord Jesus. It was the great I am. Which is, which was, and which shall be. I, Jesus, have sent my angels to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and the morning star. Now, here's our verse. And the spirit and the bride say. And the spirit and the bride say. Okay, the spirit and the bride says come. So we're not in Luther's age. We're not in Wesley. We're not in Pentecost. We're at the end of the ages. And at the end of the ages, God would send a messenger to prepare a people for the rapture. So now we're understanding the spirit and the bride say, come. Where where are we at? 
Come, Lord Jesus, come. Do we want to see our children go through the hell that is now coming on the earth? I say no. Do we want to see our grandchildren go through what's going to come on the earth? I say no. But we have to be in step with what the Holy Spirit is doing. Not get confused and and drawn off and our minds torn apart. It's to be focused on one thing. Brother Terry, what is it? Rapture. Rapture. Amen. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty this morning? Amen. And he, him that is a thirsty come, and whosoever will, let them take of the water of life freely. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. <laughs> I'm scared to start on two kingdoms, okay? I'm scared. I really am scared to start on two kingdoms. So we'll, we'll, we'll just fast forward and say, you already heard on two kingdoms. And so we understand that there are two kingdoms. Okay. So we have the kingdom of the enemy. Come on. And we have the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, does God ever change his mind about his work? Come on, come on, I want to rip, because you know me. I like the feedback now. Does God ever change his mind about his word? He never changes his mind. Does Satan change his mind? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because if he doesn't get you this way, Billy, he's going to get you that way. He's going to change his mind on this, and he's going to change his mind on that. But God never changes his mind. He sent his word, and his word was to prepare a bride. Amen. And God put into the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the edification, not the tearing apart, the edification of the body of Christ. So I'm Jesus, sent mine angel. Why did he send his angel? Because at the end time, as we read over the last couple of weeks, and I'm sure you've been following, that there was going to be a harvest time. And we heard about the wayside and the stony and the thorny side and the good ground. And it was the son of man that sowed the good seed. Is that right, Nathan? It's the son of man that sowed the good seed. So when the seed goes into the ground, no farmer on this planet that I know puts seed in the ground and doesn't expect a harvest. He would be nigh unto an idiot. If I could say it so nicely. Huh? I mean, how do you spend all that money putting seed in the ground and sit back and say, I don't want to harvest? God is the great husbandman. And he is going to have a, he's going to have a harvest. So now we've been preaching on harvest time. So I want to preach on Exodus time at harvest time. Because at harvest time, it's rapture time. It's the end time. It's the last moment's time. And your prophet announced in 1964, harvest time. And so now here we are, 2020. How long is it going to go on? How long is it going to go on? It could be over in a moment. It could be over in a moment. And so that's why we want to speak on Exodus at rapture time. Brother Bram says this. He says, now... This is my message. This is invisible union. This is my message to the church. This is my message to the church. 
We're going off the air. He's on radio in a moment. You're standing. And if you're standing on God's word, God's word, every amen, every jot, and every tittle, where are you standing? I'm trying to tell you, pull away from the shocks. Because there's no life in a shock. The life has left the shock and gone into the grain. He says, pull away from the shock. Get out to where the wheat so you can ripen in the son of God. I hear. Now, here's a prophet prophesying. I hear the coming of the combines. So what do combines do? Combines go into the field, the wheat field. What do they do, Billy? They come to catch the wheat. To bring into the garner. Here's a prophet saying. We're in rapture. The seed has come to its maturity. And now I'm hearing the combines coming. So what do you think Satan is going to do. To ruffle your minds. To get you off of the combines coming. How does he do that? Well. How many of you have a smartphone? Now, this is not to put you in bondage because I have one. So now I put my hand up first. How many of you had a smartphone? Why don't they call it a dumb phone? Hmm? But they call it a smartphone. And because it's so smart, it can do anything it wants to do. Right? How many of you had an A8088, the first computer that came out? I got one hand. Do I see two? I got two. I got three. Okay. How... Remember the, was it the 512 floppy disk? Were they 512? Is that what those floppy disks were? And we could, we, and we were so excited. We could actually get 1963 to 1965 on a floppy disk. And we could put it in the computer and we could do a search. And if, if I put five word search in, the redemption of God is here. Or just whatever you want to put the five words in. I could go have my sandwich soup and come back and it would come back up on the screen you say brother Tommy you are antique that wasn't too many years ago and then we thought oh my goodness we'll actually get the whole message on on a computer and we dreamt about it we dreamt about it because if I look for the quote and which I did the tender hand of Jehovah it was the tender hand Taking the children of Israel back into the land. And I thought, I got to find that quote. It took me 10 hours. I had Sister Joanne come into my office. We opened all our red volumes. I said, I know it's somewhere between 60 and 65. (laughs) Huh? 63, yeah. So all of a sudden, I started to realize, hey... What is going on here? Science is moving. And Brother Bram said technology starts to move. And how that parallel works. And he preaches countdown. He says we go for the horse and buggy. Then we go to the airplane. Then we go into the astronaut age. Now we're going into blast off. And we start to see how technology has gone on. And now you can put the whole message on a little thing called this. And in that little thing. You find people aren't even spending time in the message. Because my Bible says they're lovers of their own selves. 
We're so occupied. We got Lan Armstrong, and he's now a, 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 what a disgraced uh, bicycle guy that you know they train, they train, they stand in mirrors, they pump iron, they do this whole thing. Look at me. Well, don't look at me. But they say, look at me, because they're lovers of themselves. Look at the biceps I got. I remember my youngest son. He had, we had the old, old, remember the old metal weight lifts? You know, you add five pounds on and Joel would be upstairs and he says, dad, look at these pipes. I said, son, look at mine. There is none. And, and, and yet it becomes a glorification of self. Because if you can glorify yourself, it's a part of the age. It's a part of the age. But we're not to glorify ourselves. We're to glorify the king of glory. Our eyes are to be look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. And this is the hour where you get tripped up by science. Science. And Brother Bram calls it of the devil. God of this evil age. He calls it of the devil. And what it does, it occupies your mind to get away from the things of God. The things we hungered for. The thing that we could just get another message on, another message on, another message on. Then we started to see, Brother Brown said in 1962, body, spirit, and soul. 1963. Then after the seals, he goes, body, spirit, and soul. Or I'm sorry, body, spirit, yeah, and soul. Where he turned it around and then people say, oh, he, he made a mistake. He did not make a mistake. He's a prophet. And a prophet grows in a grace of knowledge of Jesus Christ, the same as you and I. It's what God shows you. And people say, oh, it's redundant or it's not relevant. And here I got Brother Bram saying it right here in God of the, uh, the greatest battle ever fought. He said, if Satan can get you to doubt your weapon, he's got you. But let me tell you what. This message is not redundant. This message is so up to date. It is only your gray matter that says and looks at that and says, that's an old message. I'm trying to figure out, Brother Murphy and our fellowship today, when he's talking about the homosexuals in 1963, where were they in 1963? I was in university at UBC. Where were they in 1972? But today, they've taken over the world. And your prophet, being a prophetic prophet, was showing you today what you're going to be living in. But he's also showed the bride what she's going to be. Victorious. Overcomers. Not just having church. Not having church. But standing up and knowing I'm a son of God and the devil is under my foot. I, Jesus, sent you angels. Hallelujah. This is almighty God, the Alpha, Omega. You say, well, I know Brother Ram's a prophet. You better get farther past that. You better start moving along. Because that prophet wasn't pointing you to William Branham. That prophet was pointing you to Jesus Christ. And you are the bride. And I'm in love with him. Hallelujah. What an hour. We are living in. So we know that he that soweth a good seed. Is what? The son of man. In the day when the son of man shall be revealed. Unveiled manifested that is this day and then the other kingdom is the kingdom of the wicked so you might as well understand you're either in the kingdom of god who never changes come on say god that never changes 
against the kingdom of Satan that keeps on changing. I think this thought, or I think it means this, or I, you say what he said. You say what he said. I have been around this message since 1975, saints. I've not added by the grace of God and I'm not subtracted by the grace of God. And that word works. You believe it for your children, for your family, and it will hold back Satan. Amen. It will indeed. So we're at the Exodus hour at the time of harvest. The combines are coming. I'm ready to get swept into that combine and get carried away. God, in that first Exodus, sent an angel before the children of Israel to lead them from Egypt to the promised land. He never left them. He never left them. He'll never leave you nor forsake you for I'll be in you till the end. The harvest time. So the children of Israel, as we looked at it, the children of Israel, and we see judges and it types the church. He goes, he said, they, they, they got into this problem, they cried out. They got into this problem, they cried out. They got into this problem, they cried out. They got into another problem, they cried out. Why didn't they just cry out? Why go into the problem? <laughs> just cry out. People say, well, when you got the victory, you're not really trusting God. What are you talking about? When I got victory, I'm glorifying God. My victory is in Him. It's not in Tom Ray. It's not in your ability. It's in the Word. Come on. Come on, church. We want to get raptured out of here. And I'm praying it's going to be this meeting. I pray God will lift us up into very high heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That you will look beyond the veil and see Christ Jesus. It'd be a good, Billy. A man, I remember you at camp. You were running right to the front. You got your arm pumping. Has anything changed? No, sir. You still got the same God. You still got the same love. We need to water it, water it, water it. Amen. So we can glorify the king. What gets people down is circumstance. This circumstance, this problem, he said, she said, did you hear this? Did you hear that? Why don't you start quoting this to one another? Huh? Why don't you start quoting that? Look what it'll do. It gave us Gino, didn't it? It gave us Clinton, didn't it? It gave us seven, eight of our children these last couple of months, didn't it? It will keep changing us from glory unto glory unto glory. Hallelujah. I, Jesus, send you, mine angel. Think about it. Who's the you? <laughs> Thanks, David. Thanks, Karen. If you're not the you, I'm sorry, in time, bye-bye. I wonder what Noah felt like when he started the ark, Todd. How many people did he have? Just think it's just his sons? Yeah, you, Todd. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. How many? Lots? Probably lots. Huh? Thousands? What a message. Huh? What a message. We're going to get out of here. And they believe Noah's message is going to rain. Todd's going to rain. It's going to rain. Rain, rain, and more rain. But no, it's never rained before. But he was a prophet. Mm-hmm. He had to believe his own message. 
Mm-hmm. He believed his own message. And because he believed it, he worked on his testimony, Brother Bram said. He moved on his testimony, started building the ark. And after 10 years, people said, hey, you know, let's start our own little group. You know, we'll build our own little boat. Really? How many of those boats survived? Come on, Mike, how many? No other boat worked but the prophet's boat. My, my, my. They could have tried to build a nice boat, a better looking boat. I mean, Mother Michael preached on the other day. Gopher wood, really? Soft, spongy wood, really? Listen, this was at the time they've already built the pyramid. So they're engineers, Jeremy. These people are smart people. But God chose the farmer. Out of Kentucky, I mean out of wherever. Huh? And just chose him. Richard, great to see you. God bless you. And, and, you know, and really, Noah, you know, material-wise, you're really out of it because the engineers say that's really not going to work. I don't care what the engineers say. I don't care what denominations say. I don't care what the devil say. I care what a prophet said. He built it line on line, precept on precept, according to the word of God. And that ark got them out of here. Hmm. You say, Brother Tom, you're preaching Bible stories. Well, we'll get to the real story, okay? But that is a real story. For as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So we find out then that they went from, Brother Bram says it this way, they went from one twist, a twist, to another twist, to another twist. And they went, and God, rich in mercy, every time they cried out, gave them a deliverance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They did not look to a man. They looked to God. They called out to God, not to man. Everybody listening to me. So they went to one twist to another twist. One rut to another rut. In Judges 2.11. In Judges 3.7. In Judges 3.12. In Judges 4.1. If that isn't a picture today. That's what he says. That isn't a picture today. As soon as they get out of one twist, they go into another one. But a time came for action. And that's what I'm looking at this morning. A time has come now for action. A time for the church to rise up and call a halt to these twists. Mm-hmm. My, my, my. No more playing church. I want everybody to say that. No more playing church. No more playing church. Let's get down to business. That's what we're here this morning, Jerry. Let's get down to business. What did the prophet say? Who are we at harvest time? What happens at harvest time? Where's my family at harvest time, Sherry? At harvest time, he gave us a token. At harvest time, he gave us a promise. At harvest time, he gave us the word of God. We must get down to business and trust that same God will place that upon the hearts of the people tonight. That it's time, not, or it's a time for a halt of playing church, playing religious, playing righteous. It's time for action. It's time when we pray, we see God doing something. Amen. See God doing 
something. Brother Bram said this in a resume, uh, resume of the ages. So we've come to the last age. The latest scene age. That's our age. We know it's the last age. For the Jews are back in their in Palestine. No matter how they got there, they're there. And this is harvest time. But before there can be a harvest, there has to be a ripening. And we've been having a ripening for how many years laying in the presence of the sun. And that is why they that are athirst say, come. We've been laying in the presence of the sun. The Lutheran age, Brother Bram said, was springtime. The Wesleyan age was the summer of growth. The Laodicean age is the harvest time of gathering the tares for the binding and the burning. Be not deceived, saints, Paul writes to the Galatians. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, he is going to reap. Saints, all I want to do, Karim, all I wanted to do as a young man married, all I wanted to do was believe the word, love the word, pray to the word, have that word mold me and shape me. That's all I want to do. So now here we are at the end of the ages. So we know that the Lutheran age was a springtime. Wesleyan age was a summer of growth. The Laodicean age is the harvest time of the gathering of the tares and the binding and the binding and the burning. At the end of that age is a bride age. It's the same age in the Laodicean age. It's not eight ages. There's seven church ages. But at the end of that age. There is a seed that has come to maturity. Here I is. (laughs) Here I am. So then for that sun to shine, there had to be a message preached called Shalom. I had to get there, Brother Murphy. (laughs) There had to be a light shine. For the seed to ripen. It ain't Tom Ray. Sorry friends. It's not Tom Ray. It's not Murphy Wong or Michael Ray. It's the message of the hour. Jesus Christ. The same yesterday. Today and forever. That is the one that's going to ripen your seed. Arise. Shine. Glory, Sister Sue. The glow of the glory of God on the face of the believer. Arise, shine, for your light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen on thee. The glory of the presence of God to ripen your seed. That's why in the Amplified, it says, arise out of your depressed state. I love that. I love it. Because if you look at what's around you and what's happening and the things amongst us, it gets, a person can get pretty depressed. And I, I preached on it a couple of weeks ago and I said I was only depressed for two minutes one time. And yet it's still a real spirit. It's a real spirit. Different people have different crosses. But God sent a word 
to raise up a people. Not to lurk at circumstance, but to arise and shine. Because now there's a light that has come to ripen a seed. And it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. But it's only for the elect of God. Under the fourth seal, Brother Bram said, it is the end time. Our light has shone. Isaiah 61, arise for your light has come and the Lord has risen on thee. But what happens, saints, and this is the, this is the thing that we're really going to start battling and hitting at this morning. It becomes just a message. But the message is the person. Joanne loves Tom. Tom loves Joanne. When Tom starts loving someone else or something else other than her, he's got a problem. Or vice versa. If you start loving things, things other than him, you've deplaced him. But I want to say to Gideon today... There's groves that need to be cut down. There's trees that need to be destroyed. There has to be a fire. It has to be shown. It has to be displayed. And it was not done in the daylight. It was done at darkness. But in darkness, arise and shine. I send you a Gideon to burn your father's groves. Hallelujah. There's many things that get passed down from generation. The generation. Thoughts. Words. How we act. What we say. But we've got another father. Come on. We got another father. We got another blood. We got another gene pool. Amen. And it changes our DNA. It changes everything. How we look. How we think. How we act. How we speak. We cannot say that was my old life. Or that was what I did. Or that was my background. That's what made you you. For Brother Bram said in things that are to be, this book was open, the blood was given, and it breaks everything, every tie, everything, depression, it breaks it, fear breaks it, our old thinking and thoughts breaks it. Hallelujah, we got to burn some groves today. If you want to burn pile, it's open right there. If you want to walk out and start putting a log on that and come sit down, you're okay with me. We'll have a bonfire. We'll put some gas on it. Mm -hmm. I'm burning that thing. I'm not having that thing in my life no more. My daddy brought that into the house and I don't receive it. I don't receive TV, gaming. I don't receive it. Nobody got any piece of wood yet. Well, good. There's no nothing in your homes then. That's wonderful. Going to still burn them. Burn that devil. Arise out of your spiritual depression. What's God doing? God's not doing anything amongst us. If you can't see what God's doing amongst you, we're spiritually behind. God has been moving over these last months, not last couple of years, so tremendously. Satan thinks a border's going to stop the bride from having victory. He is a DC man. Or a person. Or he's not a person. What is he? Not a spirit. Bad one. But it caused darkness to people. Notice that now. It's darkness the people. And Brother Bram said what that darkness does in the message Shalom. It changes attitudes. Darkness changes 
attitude. Where's your attitude coming from? You, know, you got an attitude, man. I mean, what are you looking at, man? I've had that. In fact, I was I was going to a bank machine the other day, and uh, you know me, and I'm you know coming through the door, hallelujah all the time. And this guy looks around me. He says, "What is with you?" Man, he's tatted up to his neck. He's got it going down the other arm, and he's a rough-looking guy. I said, I'm just standing here waiting for you to finish. Good. And I said, you got an attitude. No, I didn't. I thought that. (laughs) And I just started humming a, a, a gospel song, and he turns around. What's with you? I said, I'm a Christian. And he walks away. What does darkness do? It changes people's attitude. Where it used to be, how do you do? Here's a way. I'm an older man now. People actually, I used to open doors for older men. Now they shove it in your door, in your face. Right? (laughs) You know, I I go walking up to the door and the door, you know, and I think he's just going to go hold the door. You know how you do it? He's, you know. This is what you do. Courtesy, right? I go, okay. Attitude. Spiritual attitude. Get out of your spiritual attitude. What does Brother Brown said true Christianity is? Living for others. So I opened the door. It was raining. Just worked ten times the other a couple of years ago. And I was going into a department store. And, and Brother Mike, I just took that door. And I held that open for that lady. And she, you know, it's not what we do. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Huh? And she, I, she comes to the door and she said, I can do it myself. I go, wow, women's live is alive and well. Have at it, lady. Huh? That's what darkness. What you were taught as a little boy. My, my mom would have just whacked me on the side of the head. If, Son, ladies go in first. Right? I don't know. Is it gone? Darkness, the people. Huh? It used to be, everybody used to do this fork, knife, spoon. Where am I going with this? <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, and everything had to be lined up. There was a fork, then there was a knife, then this hoop spoon, dessert spoon, and blah, 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 blah. And now they just throw it on the table. Roll it up here, it's yours. You say, brother Tom, you're way out of field here. No, it's just attitude of the people. There's no common courtesy. How are you doing this morning, sir? Are you having a great day? What do you want? Huh? Well, you're not going to get a tip. (laughs) But then I read also, that's what you have to remember. When you say something, what the prophet said, you better find it all. Because it also said, she must have been having a bad day. So you better tip her. My attitude changed. <laughs> so they, we, we, we're living in it. We're living in it. I'll come to church when I want to come to church. My prophet says, be there when the doors open. That's what he said. And so now we're wrestling with what? The age. The darkness. The people. Changes their attitude. He says it changes men to women and women to men. Darkness. I got addressed by a whatever 
the other day. And I had to think, shall I say, ma'am, sir, whatever. I got to whatever. I can't, and, and, and I, it, I didn't know what it was. Surely I'm not the only guy here. You've all had it, surely. Right? And, and I'm looking at his Adam's apple, I know he's not a girl. <laughs> uh, do you need any help? Nope. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's darkness. It's gross darkness. It's gross attitude. It's gross changing men to women. Women to men. That's Sodom. And you are living in it. But we have Elohim. They might have Sodom. I got God Almighty. And he's not just outside my tent. He is in my tent. I'm having communion with him every day. I don't need anybody. I got Jesus. I got the word. Hallelujah. Amen. You want to be pretty young man? Go start chopping wood as Brother Bisco said back in the 1980s. Get that feminine spirit off you. Because it's gross darkness. The people gross darkness. The age. Changing attitudes. Changing men to women. He says it's a fog of Sodom. Is on the age. There's a fog of Sodom. Women are losing their feminism. Women are losing their femininism. I can do anything he can do better. Go back. See what a prophet said about what a sister should be. And he says it's making masculinity weak. What is causing it, this gross darkness? I'm just doing your high points. What's causing it? TV. I just watched the news channel. I freaked out the other day. I freaked out the other day. Joanne was making breakfast, so I took my iPhone. And I have this one news feed. And I I thought, this is pretty... You know, because you got one extreme. You got all this over here. And you got all this over here. Divided by 54... And you might get the right answer. So I found a news feed that I thought was pretty, you know, conservative in its, in its idea. And so I just opened it while Joanne was getting my yogurt ready and all that sort of stuff. And poof, here comes pornography. No, I don't look at pornography. That was an ad for a dress. But it was pornography when I was a little boy. And gross darkness to people because their minds have been twisted. So the ads you are seeing today that your boys and your girls are seeing today was pornography in my day. Ooh, we're getting real quiet. You should be jumping under your seat saying God's raised the standard. God's raised the word. Amen. I was talking to another gentleman the other day. He says, well, my problem. He says, was well, not your problem. Your problem was drugs and drinking in the world. My problem was gaming. And at first it starts innocent. Block on block. Where you play Tetris? I know you did. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. You're honest. I did too. 
My wife played Tetris. But it moved from Tetris to, ah, oh, just race car. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the music comes. And I can where's this music coming from? Those crazy things aren't coming in my home. Burn pile. Let's burn the groves. Let's burn down the trees. Let's get them out of here. Come on. We want a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. How do you get it? By the washing of the water of the word. So I got some time to waste. Well, waste it in the word. If you want to waste some time. People have... Brother Tim, I think, Dodd was mentioning the other day, or somebody, maybe it was Brother Murphy or Michael, Brother Branham, to relax his mind, used to weigh out grains of powder for his bullets. I don't even have a hobby. I told Brother Ed, my wife, I said, I'm 67. I don't fish. I can't hunt anymore. I can't do anything. All I do is read. I love him. I love him. My three amen. Gross darkness. The people. And it starts to creep. You ever seen fog come in? It just starts rolling. The bank starts to roll. And you think it's, oh, it's way out there. A hundred yards away. It'll be a while before it gets to the beach. And all of a sudden you're on the beach. And you're in fog. And you know there's water there. And where am I going there? Because once you're in the fog. You don't know where you're going. And fog starts to take a hold of your mind. He said TV. Well he doesn't say gaming. I put beside TV. Gaming. Narcissism. Because in 2 Timothy 3 and 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Darkness, the church. And then Brother Bradman said how that the angel of the Lord came whipping in to the room and put those seven church ages on the wall. Can you imagine, Sister Kim, if all of a sudden a pillar of fire came whipping through here and put seven zero, zeros or earth signs on the wall? I think there wouldn't be one st- uh, sitting on her feet. I think you'd all be standing up glorifying God. God is amongst us. Well, that same pillar of fire is amongst his people. Brother Tim Prude texts me. He says, we had some tremendous services, Tom. People that aren't even given to emotion with seeing the pillar of fire move all over the building. I say, that's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. And he still is here. So in this gross darkness, what does Jesus tell us in Matthew 5, 14? Don't turn to it. We'll save some time. We have, I have to be at the border by four. So you've got no for sure. I won't preach past three. Okay. Matthew 5, 14 says, you are the light of the world. Look around the room. You can, I want you to look around the room. Look around the room. Look at each one. And say, hey, hello, light. <laughs> if Jesus is the light. And that light is in me. He is telling you by the word of God. Victor, you are the light in this gross darkness. And that's why they can't comprehend this. They cannot comprehend this. 
Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And I want you to say within your hearts, I got the life of light in me. Amen. I'm not going to allow this gross darkness to start affecting my spiritual walk. And Enoch had to have a whole pile of people behind him to walk with God. Come on. Come on. Stay with me. Come on. Well, what does the Bible say, Billy? What does it say? Enoch walked with who by himself? He walked with God and was not. Sounds like it, doesn't it? Was where's the entourage? He had a walk with God, Mike. He had a walk with God. I got to walk with God, Terry. You got to walk with God. I got to walk with God. I got to walk with the light of life, and darkness comprehends it not. But wherever light is, darkness flees. Hallelujah. So when you walk in the mall, darkness goes. You walk in the shop, darkness goes. You're not affected by the darkness. It's gross darkness. The people. Not the seed gene of God. Trying to do God a service without his will. We are at the end time. We're here. The second coming is at hand. The bride is being chosen, watered, and drawn out. Glory. Hallelujah. So then, as we've been preaching to people, and we have a Clinton get saved, I say, was it worth waiting for Clinton? Amen. Is it worth waiting for your loved one? Yeah. <laughs> so I want the rapture today and leave everybody behind. God has a predestinated. And the predestinated are the ones when that last one comes in. But I want to be ready. So now what we prophet is saying, trying to do God a service without his will. We're at the end time. We're here. The second coming is at hand. And the bride is being chosen, watered, and drawn out. Praise God. Masterpiece. So the stalk, the tassel, the husk never becomes seed. They played their part. But when they become seed, they become him. She's bone of his bone. She's Flesh of his flesh. She's life of his. But just a second. Let me. I'm on my next level here. Really? This is where spirituality is. We're only in two kingdoms. Two kingdoms. Sorry. Two kingdoms. Stock. Tossle. Never become seed. Nope. But are all the time becoming more like the seed. So now at harvest time, at exodus time, at harvest time, the seed is back to the original life. The original seed. But I can barely get victory over anything in my life. Something's wrong. 
You got to grove somewhere. You got to burn it. I'm sorry. Where there used to be a smile on their face, there's no smile no more. Where'd the smile go? Where'd the joy go? Where'd the peace go? Where's the shalom go? Gideon was behind the wine press. Then when he came in the presence of shalom, there was victory upon victory upon victory upon victory. I am no longer in the world behind a wine press. I am in the presence of Almighty God. And I want to say to you this morning, I'm in victory. I'm in victory. I'm in victory. You're in victory. Victory is somebody else's. We didn't write that song. Throw that guy out. Victory is mine. So the seed is back to its original life. Back to the Bible. Back to the Bible through Malachi 4. Said it would be brought that way and only that way. Oh my. Must have it all to be this way. It must have all of the word. Is that right? Now he said in Revelation 10, what would take place? Why the trip to Tucson, the opening of the word to the church. In the days of the messenger of the seventh angel. The seventh angel had to be on earth when Revelation 10, 1 descended. Because God can do nothing unless there's a, he has a servant called prophet. So the open book had to be handed to a prophet for a prophet to wash a people. Now, when I name a grove, do not get bound up. I want you to get liberated because God sees you. It's not Tom Ray. It's not the, your neighbor or brother. Oh, they saw me. Or even you spoke about it openly. So if you speak about something openly, then you're proud of what you're speaking of. Because you'd never speak about something you're not proud of. Or unless you want deliverance. So when Gideon drove and knocked down his father's grove, he knew there was going to be a warfare. But he was willing to do it anyway. See, that's the, where we get a lot to think about. Because a lot of people would love to go burn their father's groves. But don't have the wherewithal to do it. Or even burn their own groves. But we're at harvest time. And Gideon's my type. Do I burn my groves? When God puts his finger on it, you better believe I burn my groves. And he'll keep putting his finger on you and on you and on you and on you and on you until you get rid of that growth. That's right. Because he's preparing you for total victory. It does not say in the Bible that the 300 that went to victory, that one died. Not one. Not one. 
They were anointed under Almighty God, the God of peace, the God of shalom. They, they, can you imagine having a grove while a prophet's preaching? Because you have to remember, we read it over the last couple of weeks, that God first sent a prophet to them. But they still had their grove. What are they thinking? It was a grove to Baal. It was a Baal grove. False worship. False idolaters. Under a prophet's message. But it took the open book. It took the Lord himself. To come down and expose it and say go destroy it. It takes this message, the open message, that say destroy those things that are trying to hinder your life. He says, harvest time. We must have all the word in order to be seed. We must have all the word. It ain't half a seed. You say, oh, preacher, what are preacher? This is the judgment seed. There's one, this is the judgment seat here. The bride judges herself here. You say, well, I, 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 victory is mine. Hallelujah, glory to God. We got the victory. Yeah, we got the victory. But to get that victory, we're going to burn some groves today. Or, you know, no, I'll leave that there. Because we'll, we'll get there, I hope, in four hours. Now I got you really scared. At harvest time. The seed is back to its original condition. It must be all the word. This is our masterpiece. In order to be seed. You can't have half a seed. And that's what's happening to churches today. They're just getting comfortable playing church. And Brother Bram said in the message of God before us. Where's all his miracles? He says before you can see a miracle. You must become a miracle. And what I've been seeing week after week after week. Men gathering every Monday night. The circle went from what? 5, 6, 10, 20, 30, 32, 34, 30. Every Monday seems to. And then you get down. Oh, people get busy. But these are brothers that are getting together to pray for you and me. The church the body, to see our children come not to half seed, full seed. We prayed for them. We prayed for them. Sister Sammy, we prayed. You asked. We prayed. We asked. We prayed. We asked. We prayed. But we don't just keep on praying. God answers. God answers. And God answers. Because he's a God that answers prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. Sister Jessica, anything you want on that board, you call Brother Sam or Brother John, Brother Michael, you call it. Anybody, anybody here got a prayer request? I would want mine. Brother Clinton came to one prayer meeting after he got, got baptized or Brother Gino. And I was talking to him. I said, your name was on that board, you know. He said, I made the board. <laughs> he said, I said, yeah. And look where you are. He said, I'm loving it. When he first came to church. He said, can I see you, Brother Tom? I said, sure. Brother Gino, God bless you. This is part of your testimony if you're hearing me from Cloverdale. He comes to one of the brothers I invited. Did you, was it you, Gabe, that was inviting him to church? Gino comes and with his wife and he's got two little babies, beautiful little girls. And he walks right in. Hey, yeah, I really like this. I really like this. And he's a wonderful looking young man. And he's got his act together. And he, he said, well, comes to my office. He says, I, I want my babies dedicated. 
I said, but you're not. Am I straight? Should we be straight? Should, or do we just want members? No, I don't think so. I said, you know, Gino, it's got to be you first. When you're the head of the home and you get in order, then we'll dedicate your children because we're not dedicating to who? Mommy's not saved. You're not saved. Right? So as the weeks go on, we had Bible study at our house. Then we had uh, prayer meetings at the church. And finally he comes to me and says, Brother Tom, I've given my heart to Christ. I want to be baptized. I says, you do? He goes, I do. I said, because you said you do. I'm going to do something we've never done before. I'm going to baptize you. And you're going to go get changed. You're going to go get your family. You're going to get your little girls. And we're going to dedicate them in the presence of Almighty God. Did we do it? Yes, we did. Why? Because prayer changes things. Gross darkness to people. It changes their attitude to prayer. And Brother Bram said, now listen. If I gave, well, I won't use you, Billy, because you're so willingly. I'll, I'll use Nathan. If I gave, yeah, Nathan would work. If I gave Nathan a bazooka. <laughs> Look at the smile on his face. Love it, Brother Tom. I got a bazooka. Hey, I got a bazooka. You look at that bazooka. I wonder what this bazooka could do. Huh? I mean, and then he's already got in his mind. What am I going to blow up? <laughs> Come on, be honest. If I gave any one of you a bazooka, yeah. What am I going to do with this thing? Right? Sisters would probably say, oh, thank you. <laughs> right? So you got a bazooka. Then if I gave him the power of the atomic bomb. He'd say. Hmm. Should I push it or should I not? Huh? So the stronger the power. The more sober it becomes. And then brother Bram said. The greatest power given to the church. Is what? Is what? I, 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 I really want you to say that. Because. He would love a bazooka. It's bigger than a bazooka. It shakes Satan's kingdom. Come on, come on, come on. I don't know, I'd love it right now if you just all got on your knees right now. Because he said the weakest Christian on his knees makes the devil tremble. So right now the devil's trembling. I'm the weakest Christian right here. I'm on my knees and Satan, we got you trembling. Can you imagine us all in a prayer meeting right now on our knees? The kingdom of Satan would suffer a great defeat. Amen. And that's how powerful prayer is. Ah, oh, but I got a YouTube channel. Really? Influencers. Influencers. I'm so in love with myself. Let me just get this step. Oh, there's a cliff. Oh, I think I'll fall off. Can you imagine? And you hear it all the time. These people on their YouTube channels taking a picture. Here, I'm at this waterfall. Ah! Why? Lovers of pleasure. More than lovers of God. Lovers of their own selves. Saints of God, we got to love him. The word of God. Your atomic bomb of prayer destroys the kingdom of Satan. The word in you has become flesh. 
Wow. Wow. Okay, devil. I fight him every day. I don't know about you guys. They must he must leave you guys alone and come after me every day. Yeah, I'll forget you guys. I'll go after Tom. Oh yeah, Tom. No, he's yeah, he's on Tom's case. He's on Murphy's case. He's on all of our cases. But now the prophet's saying at harvest time, that word is becoming flesh. Exactly the same as it said in Malachi 4 and all. See, that's right. The word becomes all the true life that was in the stock tassel and shuck. Gathering up in the seed ready for the resurrection. Ready for the harvest. The alpha has become the omega. That which was, which is, shall be. Has become present. Amen. The first come last. The last is first. The seed that went in has come through a process to become seed again. What a harvest time. What a harvest time. You know, that's a time of joy. That's a time of joy. I, Jake, you would tell me, is harvest time a, a, a sadness time? <laughs> Why? Because now you're going to live off the fruits of your labor. Harvest time. There then must come on the seed in this last age who will bring the wheat to maturity. The tares already maturing fast, very fast, under corrupt teachers who turn people from the word. But the wheat also must mature. And to her, God sent a prophet messenger with a vindicated message. That he might be accepted by the elect. They will hear him as the first church heard Paul. She will mature in the word and become a word bride. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you the word becoming a word bride? Say amen. It's good confession. It's a very good confession. He says now the word becoming a word bride. The mighty works. Shall be found in her. That are always in attendant. Upon the pure word and faith. The greater works. The greater works. So you say well brother Tom. Matthew you didn't even know what was happening. But God started to deal with your heart. Isn't that marvelous? Started to deal with your heart. I mean who are we? Right? Just young men. And all of a sudden, God interrupts our life. But he's got something more for you. There's something more. There's a harvest coming for you. There's something more to live for than just this life that becomes meaningless and hurtful. And things we had and challenges we have to meet. Brother Bram says this. He says, life is in the grain again. In the invisible union. Just exactly the same grain that went in the ground. The same Jesus is in bride form with the same power, same church, same thing, same word. Mm. I love it. I love it. I've had that underlined. I got it underlined in pink, blue, yellow, green. I don't have I like purple. <laughs> Every time I read it, underline, 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 underline. The life is in the grain. Put up your hand if you're grain. The life's in the, in the grain. Life's in me, Rachel. Life's in me. God, life in me. Devil, I want you to know. I got the life of God in me. Life is in the grain again. Same church. 
Same thing. Same word. Forming up into a head for rapture. Rapture. Christ the mystery God revealed. Now the life is in the body. Is a vindication of the raptures at hand. The very life that is in you. Is telling you. Brother Nathan. The life in you. Is telling you. The rapture is at hand. Amen. Let the fog go to the grossness of the people. But let arise and shine. Be your portion this morning. That I heard a preacher say. I got the same word. I got the same life. I got the same power. I've got him. Hallelujah. I love it. The same Jesus. Here he goes. Invisible, Invisible union. You ready? Ready? So you ready? You know, it's like eating a good steak. Murphy calls me. What do you call me when I eat? What am I called? Passionate. <laughs> That's what he calls me. Doesn't matter where we go to East Indian, Thai, Vietnamese, <laughs> Chinese. Mmm. Mmm. Hey, I'm the same way here. Same word. Mm. Same life. Mm. Hallelujah. The same Jesus. The same one. That walked on water. Listen, you're walking on water every day. Come on, people. You're, you know, everybody gets in their mind. Like I said the other day, talking about mountain moving faith. I said, every one of you had a mountain. Everybody goes, what? What are you talking about? Every, have you had a trial? And then another trial? And then one trial on top of that trial. And all of a sudden you say, I'm under a mountain. But then one day, <laughs> Jesus comes and speaks to you. Say, Satan, I'm tired of this mountain. Be ye removed. Amen. Amen. And that mountain goes. But we want to move Mount Baker. Let's just move the mountain out of our own lives. And when that happens, say, that starts building your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. It's the same Jesus. The same one is living in us, letting us know that the life in the body is now getting you ready for rapture. Ha. Wow. Rapture. So what do you think the devil wants to do to you? Distract you. Gross darkness of people. Satan wants to change your attitude. Well, I have a right to believe what I want to believe. This is what I believe the message says. Well, no. We'll squash that attitude. There's only one way to repeat the message. is to say what the message says. Just say what that prophet said. Because it's the same Jesus in bride form. Same power, same church, same thing, same word that's living in you. Can't you see? I mean, just read Invisible Union and you'll have victory all week. And then on Tuesday, if you want to read it again, read it again and you'll have victory for the next following seven days. And then the next next day, read it again and you just keep on having victory. Because what I've been reading over the last page here is out of Invisible Union. The bride knows where she stands. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know where I stand. I'm not a devil. I'm not an unbeliever. I'm not even a make-believer. I am a believer. I believe thus saith the Lord. 
I believe a mighty God came down in this generation, handed a book to a prophet, opened the book, and that book was given to me to eat the book. And I am becoming the book. I'm the same word, same power, same life, same Jesus. Jesus on the inside, working towards the outside. Glory! Man, if I was bigger, I'd jump over this pulpit. Yes, sir. The bride knows where she stands. I love that. Oh, we got to do this. Oh, we got to do that. Brother, shalom is actual peace. I'm at peace. God's in control. Got to run here. Got to do this. Got to do that. Hey, agitation. God is not an agitated person. He's shalom. He's a shalom. And the bride, if he is shalom, as I preached last week, when shalom is one of the seven redemptive names of God, if you've got shalom, you've got Nisi, you've got Tiskanu, you've got all the seven redemptive names. You cannot separate one and say, I've got victory but no peace. You can't say I got peace and no victory. If you got peace, you got victory. You got righteousness. <laughs> You've got the shepherd himself. You got the presence of God. You got everything when you got him. Hallelujah. So everything we do is ordered of God to the elected lady. Now we can go into a permissive will or perfect will. I believe that we have come to a time where we will not take the permissive will. Will take the perfect will of God. Because the bride knows where she stands. He said there's very few. There won't be many. Now listen to what he says here. There won't be many. There will be very, very, very few. But I'm one of the few. <laughs> I'm one of the few. You say, well I'm one of the few. Well then that's two of us few. Then, there, then you say, well I'm one of the few. Well come and join the few. And you say, well look, at there's a lot of us here. To compare to what? Seven billion people? You're not even a speck of dust. People say, oh, how many people are going to be in the bride? Well, saints of God, few is few. And here I'm looking at few. Cloverdale, few. It's not many. It's not a worldwide revival. It's the bride's revival. Yes, sir, they're very, very few. Very few. Can't you see where you're standing? Life is in your grain again. What is it? Just exactly the same grain that went in the ground. The same Jesus in bride form with the same power. Yes, sir. Breach. This book is not, is now revealed. Is being revealed in this day. Time has run out. Time has come for a people to take a rapture. A rapture. Ah! I forgot. People's rights. Sorry. Forget everything I said. You have a right to do whatever you want. That's gross darkness. That's gross darkness. Nobody can tell me what to do. I'll tell you what. People of God. Saints of the living God. We have a message. Read the message. Get out of your news feeds. And whatever you do to occupy your time. And get into the great news of God. 
where a prophet said, we are in Laodicea, people's rights, or we must have our justice. Was there ever an age like this 20th century church? Listen, let me help you. Because it helps me. Whenever I look at the world, and the world is saying what I'm saying, I get afraid. I got a few nods on that, Jeremy. I'm looking for an amen somewhere. Do I hear an amen somewhere? <laughs> Whenever, like, I don't need the world to tell a bride member what to think. I'll let you think on that one. I don't go for their hairdos. I'll get it down real low and we'll get it up real high, okay? <laughs> Can you imagine me coming in with... No, I won't even lift my pants because my legs are totally white. Coming in with Bermuda shorts and the tank top preaching to you this morning, you would love that, Shannon. Say, yeah, Brother Tom's really in victory. <laughs> You'd say, <laughs> right? You, you know it's wrong. But gross darkness of people, their attitude, hey, let's have a couple of smoke shows here. Throw the lights on, get the band going. No word, no nothing. But God sent you a message to wash you, to let you know who you are, how to stand, how to live, how to act, how to think. Mm. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is under attack. The kingdom of God is under attack. But Brother Branham turns around. Thank you, Brother Murphy, for destroying my message. Part of it anyways. Greatest battle ever fought. He says, it's a time now to charge. Because he knew 1962, he is putting whole uh, whole armor of God, armor of God, God versus Satan contest. Greatest battle ever fought. He was trying to prepare us for the opening of the word. Because once the word opens, there's going to be a warfare. So that prophet was sounding the trumpet. And when a trumpet sounds, a war takes place. And when that war takes place, it's two kingdoms. But there's only one that's going to win. And that is the bride of Jesus Christ. That's you. That's me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I do a liberty? Uh, what do they call it? A, a, a victory lap? Oh, sure I can. When I saw Brother Michael and the different brothers going around the tent. Billy, did you go on that victory lap? Yeah, you did too, didn't you? Huh? You still got the victory? Huh? Yeah. Sure. We still got the victory. We still got the word. Amen. And now all we're doing now is living that victory. Living it. Getting up in the morning. Dusting off our shoes. Satan, you got me in your hand today. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do you have time for one more scripture? Do you want to turn to Genesis 25, 11?
Man, I wish I would, Thane, I wish I was your age right now. If I knew, if I was your age, I know what I know right now. I'd turn this whole world upside down. Are you there? And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac dwelt by the well of what? I know you're having a tough time trying to say it. I did too, so I googled it to find out how to say it right so nobody would criticize me. Berlahiroi. You know what that means? You know where Isaac dwelt after the prophet's message? I mean, Abraham. It means that he dwelt at the well of him that lives and sees all. (laughs) I love it. He lives at the well after his prophet father. At the well of a God that lives and sees everything. He sees his need. He sees his problem. He sees King Abimelech. He sees the king of another kingdom. But God sees it and is going to watch over his seed. Hallelujah. I'm at that well that's been opened up in the house of David. Amen. I'm a Gideon's man. I'm 300. I know how to drink. Amen. There was a group that got separated. 9,700 got separated because they didn't know how to drink. There's 300 that knew how to drink right. I trust I got 300 in this room. that said, I know how to drink from the fountain that's opened up in the house of David. And what I'm drinking is my victory, is my life, is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So now here's Isaac living at the well of Lahiroi. I like how they said Roy there. It's not Roy I. It's Roy. Roy. That was my daddy's name. Verse 12. Are you reading it? And Isaac. Come on. We're at harvest time. Sowed. <laughs> Isaac sowed. We've had a, we've had a pastor that sowed this message around the world. Around the world. Time after time. We've had the privilege to support a pastor that has brought this message into the hands of people in India, Norway, Russia, Africa. He planted seed and he gave out seed under the prophet's message to a God that lives and sees everything. So now here comes Isaac and he sowed in the land. And in the same year, he reaped a hundredfold. Maybe Jake, you understand that better than I do. What a normal harvest would be, he got a hundred times more than what a normal harvest was. My, my, my. For those that are living at this well, Jeremy, what a promise you got. Amen. You're going to receive a harvest a hundred times more than you planted. I love this word. Because it's not dead, Terry. It makes this Bible alive. And Isaac sowed in the land and received in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him because he lived at the well where God lives and sees. He sees your need. 
He sees your burden. He sees your desire. Isaac, the one who experienced the deliverance of the ram. (laughs) No ram, no Isaac. (laughs) So here's Isaac on the altar. Daddy with the knife up, ready to plunge. And God says to uh, Abraham, stay thy hand, Abraham. So then this Isaac, it was easy for him to understand, to live at this well, a living God that sees every situation and wouldn't let nothing happen to Isaac. And God will let nothing happen to you. (laughs) You live at this well. Live at this well. Drink from this well. Get up in the morning. Pray. Get in the Bible. Read. Listen to a message every day. And you watch your faith muscles. Maybe I'll start a gym. Mike. And I'll start my own gym called the Faith Gym. They started it Monday nights. If you want to get down on your knees around 8.30, 9 o'clock. You can join us in prayer as our voices ascend before the throne of grace. And a sweet odor before the throne of God. Amen. Yes, sir. So many voices to twist our minds. And he said they came into a twist. And they went into another twist. And they went into another twist. A prophet came. But even under the message of a prophet, Gideon's dad had groves in his house. I remember Brother Biscoe preached that when I was 21 years old. Can you imagine? That was 46 years ago. I remember that message. I remember because you think Brother Biscoe is a preacher. He's a preacher. <laughs> and he, and then at the end he said, he warned us. He says, Ken, do you remember this? He said, don't go home now throwing out your dad's TVs. <laughs> but now we're talking to us that all our parents were unbelievers and everything at that time. And so now I'm talking to believers. There's some certain things we need to throw out, burn, and let it go so that we can go into victory and we can hear the voice of God and we can say like Isaac did, I live at Bear Lahiroi. I live at the well where God lives and sees me every day that I live. And my harvest won't be a meager harvest. It will be a hundred times greater than what we've sown, Michael. Does he see you? Does he see you? Good question. He he knows even what you're thinking while I'm talking to you. And then he knows your thought before you think another thought about what you think about me. And way before past that. Even after I leave, this is what I think about him. But that's the wonderful thing. I just want to think his thoughts. But in closing, let me just give you an example of how God sees us. Brother Bram gives an account. And he talks about Seeing a vision. And he says, I see this vision. And I see this doctor. 
And he said he operated in, and oh, it's a little colored sister. He said, and he nicked and he cut into the spinal cord and she's paralyzed from the shoulders down. Now he's in a meeting of thousands. He says, I see. And he's now he's in the vision. He's telling the vision. No different than he says, I see America, the bride out of America, the bride out of Germany. Then he says, I see the bride of Jesus Christ. And in that vision, he starts to see. He says, there they are. The doctors got her on the stretcher. And all of a sudden he hears ah, cry out of the audience. That's my daughter. And Brother Bram is just telling what he's seeing. That's my daughter. And Brother Bram said she got on her hands and her knees and started to crawl up the aisle. She says, what you're describing is my daughter. It's my daughter. Is she going to be okay? He says, I don't know, sister. I don't know. I'm just telling you what I see. I'm just telling you what I see. She called, Lord, have mercy on me. You're seeing my daughter. She, and she cries out to Brother Bram again, is that my daughter? He says, Sister dear, I'm only telling you what I see. And she cries out, oh God, have mercy. And all of a sudden, things change. And he sees her walking down this little street. He says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that little girl is going to come off her cot. She grabbed that little girl, walked out of that church, and they glorified God. Those visions come to pass. This vision comes to pass. You are his victory. You put the devil under your feet. You are the word made flesh. Amen. I don't care what drove you got. Burn it this morning. Just say, I want Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't want foolishness. I want Jesus. I want the word of God. Hallelujah. Is that my son? I don't know. But according to the word, it says, you shall have your family. Put the token over them and you claim them. No different than I did in 1983 when my pastor said, I give you your children. I was a deacon at the time, standing at the pole of a tent. I wrote it in my Bible. I said, Jesus, I claim my three boys. I don't care what comes by their way. I know Satan, you are defeated. Why? The vision cannot fail. Hallelujah. This is your victory. This is your message. This is your Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus, brother Tom, you've lived in this message for 46 years. You've got your son serving the Lord. Has it ever failed you? Never. You say, well, I prayed and God has an answer. God doesn't deal in your time frame. Come on. God does not deal in your time frame. He deals in his time frame. His time frame. But you say, God, you got this box and you got to do this. No, sir. He'll do it in his time. Is that my daughter? I don't know, sister. Then all of a sudden, she's healed. 
That mommy got off the floor, grabbed her daughter by the neck, ran out the door. Oh my goodness. I trust you can take the word this morning. Say, that's me. I might have been a cripple. I might have been crippled in sin. But Jesus came by my way. Said, there will be a bride. She will be victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This message, Brother Brown said, is urgent. It's urgent. We got to run with it. We got to run with it, Richard, like we never Richard before, Brother Owen. We got to run with it. We got to run with the message of Malachi 4. He said, this message is urgent. Don't stop. Keep going. Just keep moving. We haven't got time for social picnics and parties and things. This message is urgent. Oh, I want to praise him this morning. I want to lift up my hands and glorify him, the king of glory. He's a wonder-working God. His wonders to perform. Amen. Even when daddy wasn't here, a son gets baptized. I say, he's going to give you a great harvest. He's going to give you a wonderful harvest. Why? Because we live at the well. A bear, a bear, bear, la hoiroi. We live there. We drink at it. We love it. We want it. Say, Jesus, whatever your need is tonight, why don't you just stand and just lift up your hands. Say, Lord, I need a new baptism of the Holy Ghost. I need a rebaptism, Lord. I need a joy. I need the word of God become alive in my soul. Hallelujah. What is it? It's, it's rapture time. It's exodus time at harvest season. Oh, Holy Spirit, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Lord. Thy will be done. In all these earths, Lord, that you will meet every need, every burden. That you'll tear down groves, trees, whatever it takes, Lord. Fan the fire. Let the Holy Spirit move. That we can stand before you, not in our righteousness, but in your righteousness alone. We love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. That we can lift up our voices together in unity. Some mothers are standing for children still lost. Daddies are standing for their wives. Other ones are standing for needs within their own bodies, Lord. Some are standing just saying, fill me now, Lord. Fill me now. Fill me with thy Holy Spirit, oh God. Give me a rebaptism like I've never had before. Hallelujah. It's an urgent message. And we've got to run with it. Father, I pray you'll bless your children. We've heard your word this morning. We heard it last night. I trust we can go home rejoicing. Lord, not in the words of man, for they will fail. But the words of God will never, ever fail. Seek out your own, Lord. God, you've been dealing with Sunday and we claim him in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, names that are on that board that I've probably forgotten, but you have never forgotten. For we're living at a well where there's a living God that sees every name that was written on that board. And we've seen them saved, baptized, walking back with God. Oh, give us a hundredfold harvest, Lord. May these ones go, Lord, with a joy and expectation in their hearts. May, Lord, we go with the presence and peace of God. And if we've got our own groves 
that we sit down with our wives or our wives with their husbands and say, honey, dear, I'm going to throw that grove away. I'm going to put Jesus first place in my home. It's rapture time. And I'm not going to let anything hinder my children from receiving that rapture. That when they hear the word, they say, my daddy did that. He cleaned out his house. He's, he's serving God. Let them see Jesus living in flesh. We ask for every need, not only here, but those saints that are standing maybe in Cloverdale. I pray, oh God, that you'll breathe upon each one of us. And Father, may you grant quickly whatever is in your time. You know no time. But whenever you find fit, Lord, do what you must do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Spirit of God, move. Consume. once again as we will pray Lord we all want a rededication Lord we all want to say Lord if we've sinned in any way forgive us Lord if we've said anything done anything forgive me Father Lord I want the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse me from every sin oh God knowing my righteousness is as filthy rags Lord we robe ourselves in the bloody skins of Jesus Christ I pray, Lord, as we rededicate this little group of people that we call the Church of the Living God, a part of Cloverdale Bible Way, I pray, Father, that you will fill them with the Holy Ghost. I pray their dedication, Lord, as they're as sincere as they can be, that you, Lord, will move deeply in their lives, that this message in this Bible that we love so much will become alive and become a living book, Lord. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for what Brother Tom and Sister Kim Frey have done to make this possible. This weekend, they've worked so hard. Jonathan and all the brothers, Michael and Daniel, all the saints, Lord. We thank you for the bride of Jesus Christ that's a many-membered body. We're not a broken body. We're one bread. We are one body. And we stand on thus, saith the Lord. So, Father, I'm praying, God, that your grace will go with us. That your mercy that is new, as we said at the beginning, every day will be a part of all of our lives. Moment by moment. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Mike, help me with that song I wanted to sing.
Jesus, just water the seed. Just water it with your praise. Water it with thanksgiving. And say, oh, God, your word is good. It is so good to me. You've been so faithful. Lord, there's many things in my life, Lord, I just want to lay it down and rededicate it back to you. Jesus, you know I didn't want to do it, but gross darkness to people, gross darkness to land. But arise, shine, your light's coming, harvest time. Hallelujah. We bless your holy, holy name. We bless your name. How great you are, Lord. Just give me your hand. Let's just sing that as we shake one another's hand. Get ready to go. Just give me your hand. Let's agree together. You're dismissed. Enjoy.